Good afternoon and welcome. Hi, I am your host, Rhonda Taylor from Let Your Voice Be Heard Movement Internationals. Yes, I pray that you are having a marvelous day thus far. Yes, it have been amazing. It's a little bit cloudy outside and a little bit foggy in some areas. The FOG stands for the favor of God. Yes, we're going to keep it moving. We're not going to look at anything in the negative. Yes, today we want to talk a little bit about soul ties. Um, Right now, I want to talk about the perverted soul ties. We want to get that out first. The perverted soul ties. This is like... um, I'm going to say the perverted family soul ties. Yes, it is a such thing as perverted family soul ties. Okay, within a family, there are close soul ties, any of which Satan is eager to what? To pervert. The soul tie between parent and a child can be healthy and beneficial, except when it continues into the adult life of that child. The familiar expression, cutting the apron strings. You know, that's what they used to say. It's time to cut the apron strings. You know, my saying is something else, but we're not going to even go there. Mm. Cutting the apron strings actually speaks of severing the soul tie between the parent and the adult offspring. When a son or a daughter is ready for marriage, the soul tie with the parents must be terminated in order for what? the soul tie between the husband and wife to be formed. Therefore, God decrees a thing. He says this, a man You hear what I'm saying? A man. He never said a woman. He said a man leave his father and mother and shall be joined unto his wife. It never said the woman, but we do know you must what? Cut that apron string. That's in Ephesians 5 and 31, just in case you wanted scripture. When the father gives his daughter in marriage, he serves the soul tie. He, you know, he severs, I'm sorry. He severs that soul tie. Yes, he does. With her in consideration of her husband. That's, you know, that's the thing that when the daddy is walking, um, the daughter down the aisle and he's getting ready to give her away. In, in so many words, he he's not only giving her away to him, but some men, you know, they have the, the daddies. They'll give that that word to that man. They'll let him know now, hey, I want you to take care of my daughter. I want you to do as the Bible said to protect. Yes, to love her as what? Christ loved the church and gave himself. That means you're not going to be selfish with her. That means you're going to take good care of her heart and you're going to take good care of her mind. Yes, you are. Uh huh. When the falau soul tie is not uh, severed at the proper time, then which was good and beneficial becomes what? Evil through control and possessiveness. It's a dangerous thing to be in um in a relationship or married to a man that have close contact when I, when I say contact I mean that the apron string is still tied to the son and the mother and the father yes that's why I say leave and cleave it becomes very unhealthy when the parents are very possessive with their children you know I've always been a mother like this you know some mothers never think that anyone is good enough for their son 
or for their daughters. But on the other hand, I'm going to say, let me talk a little bit about Rhonda. Let me tell you what Rhonda, the things that Rhonda look at. Okay. When my, when my son and my daughters are off and they're in a relationship or married to someone, they'll say, well, mama, you're going to come visit. Oh yeah, I visit, but I don't make it a habit to always be in their house or even going to my son house and telling his woman, you know, you need to cook this, this way. And you need to handle this, this way. And you know, I feel like you're out of order when you do things like that. And when you're going in your daughter's house, I think you need to take care of your husband this way. I think you need to clean up this way. I think you need to turn your furniture this way. That is out of order. And that's a spirit of control. So when a husband allow his mother to come in and tell his wife how she should do things, not only is the mother out of order or the daddy is out of order, but that son is completely out of order. And that apron string must be severed. That thing must be cut. Now, it's okay if, you know, if both parties allow because they are newlyweds and there's some things they may inquire, they may go to the parents and say, what do you think, how you think we should do this or, you know, how we should. But no, 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 not the parents. The parents should never just engage in their children's affairs. You should never engage and tell them how they should handle their mate. No, that is completely out of order. Now, on the other hand, if they're not married and you got a son or daughter and they're dating someone and you know that the person is not good for them, you know that they're draining them, they're draining them from their money, they're draining them of their, they're draining of their time, they're messing them up. Yes, of course, you're going to always give them some sound doctrine and some sound wisdom. You're going to let them know, no, let me give you a little of my experience. Let me tell you, when I was going through that abuse, that didn't feel good and it, it stripped me of my self-esteem. Yes, it did. So you, my daughter son you might not want to just deal with no anything you don't want to deal with a man or with a woman that everything is all about them and they selfish or they don't have no respect for you because if they don't have respect for you they allow anything and anyone to come in and they want you to just accept it no it don't operate like that so yes I would give those type of conversations to my children you know my children are grown and they are every all three of them are out on their own so when 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 they, you know, when things are going on with them and if they're married, I shut my mouth unless they come to me. I don't go to them and tell them what they should and should not do unless they bring the matter to me. It's not good to be in your children's affairs, tell them how to spend their money, where to spend their money, you know, how to pay their bills. They should be grown enough and old enough to know how to pay their bills. Yes. For one to leave his father and mother is not to be under to be understood, I'm sorry, as breaking relationships. I'm not saying for you to break a relationship with your family. I'm not saying to break a relationship with your mother or your father. But what I am saying, the Bible way is when you are married, the Bible said that a man will leave his mother and his father and cleave to his wife. But if you saying that when you are married, that your parents come before your spouse, uh, you are out of order. Okay, you are out of order for saying that. Yes, you take you never mishandle your parents or you never ever treat your parents bad because you only get one and your husband or your wife. I know good and well they should understand that. 
Now, if you with somebody or, or the uh, opposite sex, if you with a wife and she's always, you know, you know, have a problem with you being around your mother and she got a jealous spirit because she knows that you and your mother have a tight bond, but not so tight to where it's being unhealthy and it's perverted. But she knows that you have a tight bond with your mother and you look up to your mother and she's always irritated with that. Now, you just got a woman that have a jealous spirit. Maybe she's not, you know, for sure about herself or you would have, you know, or vice versa. If it's your daddy and you got your, your mother, your daughter always talking good about her daddy. You know, my daddy was a good daddy. Cause you know, I always speak highly of my father. My daddy, man, he was an awesome daddy. He was raising kids. That wasn't his. So I always say, man, I had a good daddy. My daddy not only raised his children, but he raised children that he didn't even have. That wasn't his. He was a provider. Yes, he was. He was a protector. He was the he was that man that that uh that God breathed breath into when he breathed himself into him. He was a product of who God made him to be. So yes, I would talk about my daddy, but I didn't expect that the person that I was that I'm married to to say, "Oh yeah, I want you to be like my daddy." But who wouldn't want if you had a good father in your life and he did all those great things? Who wouldn't want a, an example like that? Who wouldn't? But you don't ex- you shouldn't expect for your husband to be like your daddy. But if we really be, you know, you know, honest and real about it, if you had a good father figure in your life and, you know, you are married and you, you do kind of look for that, but you don't expect it to where if you don't do this, you're not like my daddy. My daddy was like this. You're out of order, woman, if you are saying that to your husband or, husband, or the man. If you're saying that to your wife, you're saying you're not like my mama. My mama know how to cook and my mama, my mama would know how to wash clothes. My mama know how to do this. You are out of order, sir. You're not supposed to look for that in your, your wife. If whichever way, however you married her, that's, that's what you settled for. That was, that's, that's what you bargained for. So when we start looking for um, for things that, you know, different after we done walk down the aisle. Now we all always say, we always get those flags. We know what we're getting. You know, if, if you're marrying, if a woman, if you're marrying a man and he's, you know, and if he's following the Bible, now, if you're marrying somebody and you're unequally yoked or somebody that don't know the first thing about being a husband or being a father, then, and you, you know, you married him. He's been on the couch all day playing video games and, you know, he, he drinking all his money up and, you know, everything he do, he got a party with all his money all the time. He telling you what kind of man he is. So if you thinking that you're going to come in his life and you're going to change that same thing with a woman, if man, if you already know that she out there dropping and popping it. And, and you, that's the way you saw her every time she taking a picture, she taking a picture like she's, you know, like she's posing on, like she just came, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> we don't have to even go there. But if you already know how you met her, you met her while you met her out there, you know, wilding out. But now that you settled down and you done got quiet, you want her to come up out of the club and come up out of, you know, the type of clothes she wearing, but she was wearing, that's, that's how you met her. So my thing is this, when we are, we're going back to the, the perverted part of holding on to our mothers and fathers, holding on to that April string when you have gotten married or you are engaged. Now, if you are engaged to someone and you already see in all these signs, then you already know this is not, this is not for me. 
Maybe if we just dating and you still want to hold on, that's fine. If to a certain degree, that, that would be a little irritating too. That every time you turn around, I got to go. We got to have a mediator every time we talk. We got to have somebody to, to be standing there every time we talk. You know, no, that's not healthy. Okay. Uh, when the essential bonding between parents and a child is missed at birth, the child is left with a sense of what? Incompleteness. That can leave him uh, restless and searching for love bonding throughout life. This is the reason that so many did not uh, bond with their parents and, you know, and they become targets for Satan. Let me just say that. When you have a son or a daughter and they wasn't uh, real close to their parents, you know, they was missing, the parent was missing out of their life or they was rejected at some point, then they're going to search for love in all the wrong places. Some, you know, some do not. Some just, you know, they, they wait for it as it come. But you got some when, when they don't, when they're not really tied to their, to their parents like that, they'll, they'll pick up anything. And, and the first little hug or the, the first little kiss or the first little, I love you, or just a little attention, they gravitate to that because maybe they, they didn't get all of that, that you received. You may receive that, that love, that affectionate from your parent, where your parent always loved on you and, and, you know, just, you know, told you that they loved you and told you who you were. Well, the opposite, the other child didn't receive that. So now you having to deal with that spirit on that child, on that adult that they didn't, you know what I'm saying? That they still wrestling with as when they was a child, when they was a child. So you're now still kind of, you know, reaping that, that part in their life. Like, why is you still dealing with that? Why you want so much attention is something that is missing. So it could go so many ways. Um, but I wanted to really talk about these soul ties because it's a dangerous thing to, to be with, with someone that's in, you know, that's still, have these soul ties. It could be good soul ties and bad soul ties. But you know, just a few minutes ago, I was talking about the perverted soul ties. So now I want to talk about, uh, soul ties, generational soul ties, uh, things that your, your parents or your family did or some things you may see and everything is already everybody. This is hereditary. Well, my thing is, who is that? Who is already, who is hereditary? What is the name? Is it a girl or boy? Who is it? Because, when you start seeing those little, those little trails that's following you, that was once used to be this, my daddy used to do this. So now you see yourself doing it. Your daddy was a player. So now you are a player, but you know, you, you're fighting this thing. You trying to stop, but you find yourself where you just, you can't stop playing. You can't be with just one woman and just be happy. Uh, you can't be with one man. You find yourself slipping and dipping. You find yourself going out there and still doing little things and, and making excuses for why you're doing what you're doing. And if you go back and look in your lineage and your, you know, look back in your, uh, no soul ties, those old soul ties, you know, of your family lineage where, you know, the, the women in the family, they just could not be with one man. They had to be with multiple men. And then when you want to go a little further, then you want to find out where did those ties come from? You know, where they touched as a child or, you know, or were they molested? Was they raped or what, you know, why are they, um, why, why, why are they still doing the things that they're doing? And, and if it was molestation in the family, uh, did that happen before, way before you was born? You know, was it, did the grandmother go through that? Did her grandmother go through that? You know, because for some reason, uh, we feel like it's okay 
you know, sometimes a, a, a parent or say something like, well, you know, I went through that and I'm okay. You know, you'll be okay. You know, that's not even normal. No, it, you, you should never say that to anyone. And so you find yourself, you, you've got all these ties, all these ties. And it's almost like you, you, you're tied in almost just literally tied in a knot because it's you, you dealing with all these different soul ties, you know, old, uh, people that you used to date, you still like still having feelings for these old, the people that you, you know, I'm, I'm talking about sexual desires. Like these are soul ties. These are ties that never been dealt with. Like you, you, you know, some people literally need to be do self deliverance. If you can't be around people that can help you get delivered and free from that, you can do, you can start denouncing those things, denouncing those names of those people that you've slept with. You might not actually lay down with them. You might've performed other, uh, intimate ways. You know what I'm saying? You want to call that name, those names out and, and let them know you have no parts of my body and my mind because those are still soul ties. Those are still, that's still perverted. That's still unhealthy, especially if you're going into a new relationship or a marriage, or you're trying to settle down and you're wondering why you can't get away from this person. This person is still this person. And, and you, you'll be surprised. And I'm going to go here because you got so many people that get in relationships the wrong way. And what I mean by the wrong way is I recall, um, when I was with my children's, uh, father, um, he told me during the time of, of he and I separated cause we did get married. We have three children. And, uh, he told me, uh, he said, uh, cause I had gotten real sick and he told me, he said, if you die, I'm going to, I'm going to kill my sister because I didn't mean for it to go this far. And he said that, in other words, he agreed with her putting witchcraft on me just so I wouldn't go anywhere. So, but he didn't mean for it to get to the point to where it was causing me to lose my mind. So he said, I'm going, if you die, I'm going to kill her because I didn't mean for this to go this far. So sometimes you could be tied up with people that you really don't care anything about. Really. It's just something tying you to them. Sometimes people are dabbling into things that they have no business dabbling into. You got some women that they go and they get things from other people and they tell them how to keep a man. And, uh, I'm telling you, this stuff is real. You know, that's very perverted. That's a, that's still a soul. We're still talking about soul ties. Okay. So what they do, they do it in a, in a, in a very, uh, uh, deceitful way. They go and they get things and, and someone may tell them here, use this and put this on their body and they won't go anywhere. And they start consulting witches. You know, and they thinking it's because they so they may be so in love with this person, they don't want this person to go. So now they're going about it another way. So they start per- messing with the person's food. I'm only telling you this because I went through that and I almost lost my life. I almost lost my life behind dealing with someone that had more, not just a uh, person that was dabbling, but multiple people in their family that was dabbling. And he told me that he told me that. And not only did he tell me that, uh, he had, a, it was more family members that was telling me that. So I knew it was not a fake thing because I experienced some things in my house and I saw, and I knew that it was something going on. So you have to be careful with people find out when you're getting into dealing in marriage and getting in close relationships, you might want to find out a whole lot about their family lineage too. 
before maybe even having children with a person because you don't even know what you're tying up to. We have to be careful in these soul ties. I know you're saying she's going deep. I'm going deep because I've been there. And I was a very young girl when I got involved with my children's dad. We was, uh, I met him when I was 13. Okay. Uh, he was the first person that had ever touched me. Okay. I was a virgin when I got with him. At the age of 14 is when I gave myself to him. And I got pregnant the first time, had my first baby at the age of 15. I didn't know what I was getting myself into. Okay. When I turned 19, that's when he told me of what he agreed to with his sister to do to me in order to keep me. So you got people out here that are doing things, but what they don't realize is when you wake up, that's going to backfire. All that you, you'll end up hating that person if you're not careful. That's why it's not good to get people in the wrong way. Whether you get in a marriage and you line your way into a marriage just to be with a person, it's always good to be truthful when you're going into a relationship. That's very dangerous to get into a relationship just because you want that person so bad, you will lie to get into it. And then you'll find yourself, you have to keep lying and keep lying and keep lying. And then what you're getting in trouble with God because you're now, you know, you have a tie with this person. So I said all that to say this, we have to be careful of the soul ties that we accumulate with different people. So what I had to do, I'm telling you what Rhonda had to do. I had to call out every name of, of the people or the, the men that I had been with. I had to call those names out and I had to decree and declare that I was free from those people that I dealt with. It wasn't a whole lot of men that I slept with, but it was men. It was more than two. So I'm going to tell you, I've been married more than one time. Okay. So I had to call my body back from those men and I had to decree and declare that I was free from them, that they no longer had any ties to me. That way I can enjoy the person that God put in my life, you know, because you can never enjoy the person that you're with. If you're still tied to other women or other men, you have to call yourself back. I don't care if you was molested. Maybe you've been with one person all your life, but if you was molested or raped and you having problems with your mate because you having intimacy problems. You need to call your body back from that person that molested and raped you. You need to call your, and you have to tell that person, you have no legal right over my body. My body belongs to God. I, my temple belongs to God. So you have to call those things back. God is not going to do that for you. He has given you the authority and the power to call those things back. And when you call those things back and don't get me wrong, every now and then that thing will try to pop up. And when you, when it try, when it try to pop up, you rebuke it and you get rid of it. Some soul ties are good soul ties. You have people that come into your life and they really good to you. And those are the people. Yes, I keep those people because we are, we are friends. We, we are, we became friends. Now we, we able to talk to each other without any, you know, getting out of line and all that crazy stuff. You know why those ties have been broken. Those ties are no longer there. You're no longer looking at each other, Google out it like, oh, maybe there's still a possibility. No, those ties are now broken, you know? So if you have, even if you are not married to anybody, 
If you're not married to anybody and you, you've been with someone in the past and maybe at that time, neither one of you was ready because you wasn't, you know, you wasn't grown up. You wasn't mature. Okay. But in between that time, you, you've, you've gotten educated and in the spirit realm. So you start severing all those spirits. So when y'all link up again, both of you know what to do and what not to do. And you're not going to bring those things back into your relationship. That's your, that's even your parents. That's your family, your friends, or whoever that you was tied to. You will start cutting those ties. It don't mean you cut relationship. It means you're cutting those perverted ties. That's keeping you back. So I pray that something we're going to continue to talk about these soul ties because it's so important that you know who you are. You are, you are, um, you are such an overcomer. God have blessed you to come through so many things and he kept your mind, uh, he kept your mind. He kept you from, from dying, from committing suicide. God have, he's done so much for you and you don't have no more time to waste. You don't have no more time to give to the enemy. So it's time to let it go. Whatever that have been uh, plaguing you, you have to let it go. Cut the apron, let it go. Okay. Again, This is Rhonda Taylor from Let Your Voice Be Heard, Movement International, where your voice is heard and you are seen. Your voice is very important to me and it is very important to God. It is so important that, again, I always say this, even as you coming out of your mother's womb and when the doctor tap you to make sure that he hears your voice, to make sure that you are alive. That's how important your voice is. So let your voice be heard and know that God has a great plan for your life. For God knows the plans that he has for you. A great and a very expectant end. Again, till next time, this is your girl, Rhonda Taylor from Let Your Voice Be Heard Movement International. God bless you. Until next time. Good morning and welcome. Hi, this is your host, Rhonda Taylor. It is Fabulous Friday. Can you say that with me? Fabulous Friday. Yes, this is Let Your Voice Be Heard Movement Internationals. Yes, well, you are free to speak. Yes, this is a place where it's love, joy, peace, and what? Harmony. Yes, today we're going to talk about the three C's in your life. Choice, chance and change. Again, the three C's that's in your life, choice, chance, and change. Yes, you must make what? The choice to take the chance if you want anything to change in your life. I'm going to repeat that. I heard you saying, uh, can you repeat that? That was a little bit fast. Okay, you must make the choice to take the chance if you want anything in your life to change. Yes, a lot of times we make what? Bad choices. Oh, wow. I know that's a, that's a hard hit below the belt. Then a lot of times we don't want to take the necessary chance to do what we need to do. We're walking in fear. Then 
We don't want to change. We want to keep doing the same thing, going in the same circles, talking to the same people that's not going anywhere. Okay, first of all, you got to make the right choices in your life. You got to make the right choices in your life to choose the right people to be in your life. Yes, that's a choice. Chance. You got to take chances. Yes, things that you've never eaten before, it's okay to try new foods. It's okay to try new places. Yes, it's okay to to take a chance and other, you know, around new people. Yes, you got to make a a ch- you got to give people a chance. Yes, there go that chance again. You have to give yourself a chance. Okay? If you fail, so what? Get up. That means you tried. Get up and try it again. Okay? Change. You got to make a change. You can't keep Okay, me personally. Let me bag that train up. First of all, I always use the phrase of, okay, you keep catching a fish with a fish pole, I'm going to use a fish net, okay? That's the chance that I'm going to take because I believe if I use a net and if I put the right things on the net, I'm going to catch more fish at one time than you would with that rod because that rod will only catch maybe one or two at a time. Well, that net, man, when I tell you how many did Jesus feed? Mm, 5,000 and more. So you tell me, you do the math. Uh huh. So, and it wasn't that they caught that many. It's just that he multiplied it. Yes, he took a chance and he made a change because he fed so many. Now, going back to you, what are the choices that you're making? Are you making poor choices? Are you spending money that you really don't have? You know, I want to challenge you. Every time, if you use a, if you go to the store and you have a $5 bill, Okay, and you only spend $2. You have three left. Put those three in a bank. Every time you get a chance, if you have $10, you go to the store, you spend $4. What do you have left? You got six. Put those six ones into a bank. It it doesn't take a, a mathematics a genius to figure that out, okay? First of all, start putting things back. Start out small. It doesn't take nothing real huge because, you know, sometimes it's, it's hard for people to put back big things. So you may need to start out small. That's taking a chance, taking a chance on you in your life because we're talking about the three C's that's in your life. OK, this is a personal thing. And why you're doing why are we doing the three C's that's in your life? Why don't you get a mirror if you got if you got one handy, get one and just look at it and say, what is the choices? What is the poor choices that I made in the past that I'm going to make a change in? Yes. And what are the chances that I'm going to take now? Some of you have been walking in fear for so long. It's been hard for you to move forward. You're afraid you're going to make a mistake. You go, you're afraid you're going to fail. You know what? Anytime I always tell the people that I coach this. Number one, if you fail, that means you tried. Now, if you never tried and you say, man, I'm going to fail in that. How do you know if you never tried? So first of all, let's take a chance. Okay, change your way of thinking. There goes that change again. Change your way of thinking. Stop having that woe is me. I don't want to go out there because people are going to look at me. People are going to talk about me. They're going to say this about me. I don't have any friends. Everything is me, 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 me. Okay, the only me that you need to pay attention to now is your choice, your chance, and your change. Okay, change the way you think. Change how you look at things. What if... Just what if, if you took a chance and you, and you prospered, 
or you you succeeded in that business or you succeeded in your ministry or you 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 took a chance on some new friends and and they wasn't the like the old friends you had where they was just all draining you and pulling from you and never wanting to give anything they was always taking taking but never giving what if you took the chance on some new people and they were there in your corner they was there for you you know they really was when you called on them they was right there they didn't make excuses on why they couldn't be there you know what if you actually took that chance on some new people why is it that you're so afraid to try new things and new people and new places to go you know you got some people that never tried anything they love being in in a in a comfortable place you know you got some people they you know um you say try this i don't want to try that it looks nasty but when you taste it i used to hate squash O-M-G. I used to hate squash until one day, I, I'm i serious. I don't know if it was the season or what, but when I tasted it, I was like, oh man, this is not all that bad. I was going by the way it looked. And so a lot of times we go by the way things look and then we judge it wrong. So take a chance. Yes, make a change. Yes, stop making poor choices make healthy choices in life okay if you was getting up like I used to get up at 6 a.m every morning now I make it a point I get up at five I get up an hour early okay I don't have to go anywhere that early but I give myself enough time to to you know to pray to to get in my word to you know hear something positive you know because around between 7 30 Starting at 7.30 a.m., my phone is ringing. I have people calling. They either want me to coach them or they need some counseling or they just want to talk. So I have to be ready. 7.30, I know my phone is getting ready to ring. So at 5 o'clock a.m., all that time is me getting prepared for my day. Okay? Who knows? Another week or so, I might get up earlier than 5 a.m. You know, I used to get up at... um. At 6 o'clock a.m. every morning, I would get out, get up, turn my water sprinkles on in my house, sit on my front porch, and read my books, my prayer books. And man, I did that repetitiously every morning. That gave me time before my grandbabies got up, before my son and my daughter got ready to get up. My son was going to work and my daughter was in college. That gave me time to get prepared for the babies and for taking them to work and to school. So guess what? I had to be mentally prepared for that. So you need to set your mind on things that's above and not beneath you know you need to already be prepared because you never know what your day is going to be like so when you get up give yourself time enough to get up and pray and meditate and soak your mind because you never know what's ahead something could happen and throw you off course and you you know what you all over the place so always set your mind on things that's above okay things that are fruitful You know, you're not going to have a good day every single day. Nobody has a good day all the time. We all have times where we have a downtime or we feel a certain way. You know, everybody, all the time, you're not joyful all the time. And so when you find yourself getting in that mode, then grab grab something that's going to pull you up out of there. Because if not, that's a trick of the enemy to keep you in that place of being stuck, of not making good choices, or not taking a chance, or not making change. The enemy want you to not make changes in your life. You know, the weather changes. You know, that tells us the season changes, the time changes, the time never stays the same. And see, you don't want to get stuck in, oh yeah, man, uh, 
yesterday. I remember, you know, it was three o'clock yesterday. Who says that? It was three o'clock yesterday. That sounds so backwards. Or you would say, girl, I remember yesterday I I woke up, you know, I woke up at five o'clock yesterday, you know, and you're going to stay, you're going to say that every day. I woke up this yesterday. No, you want to say tomorrow is going to be a great day tomorrow. You know, I'm going to set my time. I'm going to set my clock up an hour, two hours early. I'm going to get up. I'm going to, you know, those are the things that we need to make changes in your mindset. You know, we have a, we have a, uh, we have such a, a sometime a poor mindset. We think the worst of ourselves, but we think so highly of other people. That used to be me, man. I used to tell people all the time, man, you're going to succeed. You're going to do this. You're going to do that. You're going to have this. You're going to, and then when it came to me, man, I would be doubting. I used to be like doubting Thomas, like, man, I don't believe it until I see it. And even when I seen it, I still didn't believe it. You know, it's just like taking a chance on love. Sometimes you've been hurt so much, you just look for somebody to hurt you. Like, oh, yeah, I'm looking for it, waiting for it. Why would you wait for that? Why would you wait and look for somebody to hurt you? (laughs) You know, that's very dysfunctional. Like, you looking for somebody to hurt you? If somebody's showing you love, if somebody's being genuine towards you, why would you look to be hurt? Even if you, even if you are in a a place right now and you may be in a situation right now, you may be around people right now that don't uh, value your time. They don't value you and they may treat you a certain way that still don't give you the right to look down on yourself, nor the person that's doing it. It may be something in that person. The reason why they may be dealing with low self-esteem or they may be dealing with some issues and they trying to let that thing rub off on you. Then again, they may not even know, realize they are doing it. But you don't want their habits become a part of your habits. You can switch your atmosphere. We, you have the legal right to change your atmosphere. You could speak things and make it become. You could get up every morning and say, this day is going to be a... You can get up and command your morning. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. You know, you can get up and start claiming it. I ain't talking about name it, blame it. You know, coming in on a Honda Mitsubishi Eclipse. I ain't talking about all that. I ain't talking about all that good. I ain't talking about that kind of stuff. I'm talking about you can literally claim your healing, claim everything that everything that God promised you. You have that right to speak that. You know, um, I want to say this, and, and I know this is going a little off, but I have to go here because sometimes, you know, when we are growing up in a house and everybody's, you know, you may have been uh, grown up in a house that they had a lot. And then you may have been in a house where some, you know, where everybody it was a struggle. It was poverty. It was this, it was that. Okay. But anyway, I want to go back to a lot of times we don't understand and know who we are because we never was told that as children, you know, sometimes if you had a, you know, a mother like mine, you know, if you tell her it's blue, she'll say, girl, that ain't, that is not blue. It look blue to you. That ain't blue. If you tell her I'm going to do this now, you might not want to do that. You might want to do this because you know, you don't want that to happen to you. You and this, that. And then I have my daddy on the other hand, if I tell him I want to ride a donkey, he said, girl, go ride that donkey. Enjoy yourself. And this, that just don't fall off and hurt yourself, but go ahead 
mean, you know, you got different, you know what I'm saying? Your parents, it, it depends on how you was raised and what, you know, if your parents were real tight on you because they was afraid maybe what happened to them will happen to you and stuff like that. That was me. I was that parent. I, you know, I never told my kids what they couldn't do. I would always tell them if they said they want to do this, I'm like, okay, yeah, you can do anything. Yeah, do that. I got your back. If you want to be this, if you want to be that, I don't care if they was 10 things in one week, baby. Okay. I'm here. I got you. Yeah, do that. I got you. You can do that. I see you doing that. Okay. But it's another thing when we do it to ourselves, like the minute somebody say, oh yeah, I see that in you. You'd be like, oh no, I don't see that. That's because maybe it was the way you was raised. Or maybe you're trying to get out of a, a, a generational curse that, that was in your family lineage that has been holding you hostage for so long. But you need to know there are generational blessings. There is generational blessings all throughout your word, all throughout the Bible. There, the Bible said that he wished that we would prosper even as our soul prosper, that we would be in good health. You know what I'm saying? He don't want you just uh, be in good health, but he wants you to be prosperous. He wants you to be able to, to give. He wants you to be able to, to take care of yourself, to maintain your home, you know? So I was reading, I was reading about Adam and Eve. Okay. I know that's going further back, but I was reading about Adam and Eve and the mistake that they made of eating of a tree that they weren't supposed to eat of. And the ground was cursed. Okay. So when they had their two sons, um, when they had their two sons, Cain and Abel, okay, it was a, um, they were supposed to bring a seed, right? They were supposed to present a seed, but Cain went cause Cain was the, like the tiller. Okay. So he, he got his seed and brought it from the ground and he presented it. Then Abel brought his from all the things that he had, all the cattle and all the stuff that he was working out there in the field. He didn't, anything that was on the ground, he didn't, he didn't touch, but everything that was above he touched and he brought it. But Cain's gift was, uh, denied. Okay. Abel's gifts was accepted. Okay. Now the reason why Cain gifts was denied was because God had cursed the earth. So anything that was under the earth or in the earth, it was cursed. Okay. But going back, he didn't know that his parents never told him to my knowledge of reading the word. If it is, maybe it was taken out. I don't know. Um, you might have some Bible scholars, but, um, it never said that, uh, his parents told him that you may not want to, you know, use anything that's in the earth or, you know, anything that's in the ground that you've planted because this ground is cursed because of us. You know, I want to tell you, cause I don't want you to, uh, reap a curse because of something we did. So this is what we did. We did something that was forbidden. God told us not to do dot, 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 and we did it. So now the ground is cursed. Now you see the snake is on his belly, licking the dust and this and the other. And the man have to work the spread, the sweat of his brow. That's the reason why, because we did that. Okay. I don't know if they told their kids that it doesn't say that in the word, but because Cain and Abel, neither one of them had knowledge of that. Okay. So Cain suffered from that. And I, I, because he suffered from that jealousy came along. Now he's wondering, why did you choose my brother gift over mine? Okay. Mine was a seed too, but you chose my brother's seed. Why? Nobody ever told him. So only thing that happened, the thing that happened with, from that was murder. Okay. After jealousy came murder. Why? That was a choice that he made because he didn't, he didn't know, uh, that the ground was cursed and his parents never told him. So going back to choice, chance and change, a lot of times we make choices based on things 
that our ancestors and our parents did, okay? But now you have a chance to change that, okay? I said change before I, before I even knew it because chance and change come together. You have the chance to change, okay? You have the chance to change and undo the things that, you're, that was in your lineage, okay? You have to literally pray. You have to pray heavenly prayers. What I mean by heavenly prayers is things I go so far, I call my parents' name out today. And I called their names out and I said, I decree and declare that my, I didn't, I'm not going to give my parents' name on here, but I called my mother, my daddy's name out first. And I said that any, any lineage, any uh, broken promises, anything that was done that was contrary to God is not in my lineage. No matter the bloodline, that bloodline is cut. And I went and I said it about the same thing about my mother. I gave my mother's name. I said her, you know, her name. And I said the bloodline from her of any curse, any generational curses, anything that is tied to her. I cut those cords now. And I I kept, you know, you can just like, it's almost like those erasers are on your pencils for a reason. Okay. You even have now to where they have ink pens, where they have an eraser. That means you can. You can, you can't undo what they did, but you can make changes in your life. Okay. And so doing it, it causes you to make the right choice. It causes you to make, to take a chance that a lot of maybe your siblings didn't do. They didn't take a chance because they, they felt like, well, if whatever's good for mom and daddy is good for me, but that was in their time. Only thing you need to understand, like, uh, I remember my Bishop, Bishop T.D. Jakes had said, that his mom raised him well. She went, she took him as far as she could go. Okay. But she also taught him the business side of things too. Okay. But he took it further. So you have the choice, the chance and the change to make within your bloodline. If you have children, now you could teach your children something different, just like myself. I'm doing something that a lot of people in my family that I know of, is not doing. And so in so doing, I'm training my children and my grandchildren to do something different because my children always seen, have always seen their mother work. I mean, work hard. I've always had a job. I, I've, at one point I was working two jobs. Okay. My children have always seen their mother in, in survival modes where my mom worked hard. I, my, I did, my mom was never a lazy woman. Never. I've never seen my mother uh, being a lazy person. Okay. When it came to owning my own businesses, I've allowed them to see it can happen. Okay. Doing things that people said you couldn't do. When my mom said they will not accept you as, you know, as a model back then, you know, that was back in the seventies. They will not accept you because, you know, back then they were somewhat still somewhat prejudiced and this that, and the other and the school that I was going to was an all Caucasian school well the the people that was there the owner wanted me to be a part of that school and I was for for almost four years I was a part of that school and um never let anybody tell you what you can't do because maybe back then maybe further in there because my mom was born in the year of uh 27 
19 and 27. So back then, you know, it was, it was impossible. You know what I'm saying? But when it, when the 70s came, it was still somewhat prejudiced. It's still somewhat prejudiced now, but not as bad. So when people tell you what you can't do, that's when you make the choice to take the chance and make the change in what you can do. Because it's your choice to take a chance and make the change. Because you don't have to to mimic what your parents did. But you can appreciate them for doing what they did. My mom and my dad worked hard until my mom got sick and couldn't work anymore. Then my dad worked two and three jobs sometimes. My daddy, to me, it was premature. Uh, it was like he died prematurely. Like he died early. My dad was in his early 50s when he passed away. My daddy worked very hard. You know, my daddy lost his one of his jobs for falling asleep on his job because he never really got a break in between time. I believe I seen my daddy lay in the bed maybe an hour or two hours and get up and go to the next job until his body broke all the way down and he ended up having cancer and then diabetes and cancer is what took him out. His body, his immune system started breaking down. So we don't want to mimic that thing to where we want to just survive. And we want to make sure that we get our kids the everything that we couldn't get. That's good to a certain extent, to a certain degree. That's good. But to, to another point, you got to look at, if I get them everything they want all the time, when they can't get it, what, what position are you putting them in? Because when they get older, they may think that everything should happen the way they want it or they're going to want to quit. So you got to train them to make right choices, to take good chances and to make changes in their life, to be able to adjust because things happen in life. You've never, you would have never been able to tell me in the year of 2014 that I would have been into a place where I had ended up having a nervous breakdown. To where everything started changing. My health started changing. I was stressing so bad. I lost my mom in 2014. My daughter had a nervous breakdown in 2013. Uh Uh-huh. I was dealing with things in my own home. So it was a lot of things that I was dealing with. That it ended up almost literally taking me out. And I literally wanted to give up and sleep myself away, taking medications to just to try to sleep myself away because I was tired. Life had whipped me so bad. And then I went back to thinking because the enemy, he would always bring back old things to you. You're tired. It's the first thing he started saying. You're tired. You don't went through enough. You know, you know, you went through being molested as a child. You know, he bring all that back to you. You've been raped. You've been abused. You know, you, you, you know, people betrayed you. You just don't went through a lot. You might as well just go ahead and give up. What are you, why are you here? But you know what? I made the choice to live. Mm-hmm. I took a chance on some things that I knew that was in me. And I had to make the necessary changes. It started with me. So never, ever let anybody tell you not to, you, you're not worthy. Don't never let nobody tell you that. It's up to you to make the right choices 
and make the make the take a chance and then make the change. It's up to you. If you want better for your children and your grandchildren, let it begin with you. If you may not even have grandchildren, you may not even have children, but still, if you are anything like myself, not only that I'm a pastor, I'm a life coach. I'm an advocate for battered women and children. I'm not only living for Rhonda, Rhonda's children, Rhonda's grandchildren. I'm I'm still standing for a whole lot of other people. My voice is for a lot of people that have been silenced. So I had to make that choice and take that chance and then make the necessary changes. Those are the three C's that was in my life that I personally had to do. Choice, chance, and change. Stop being okay with just being comfortable. Stop being okay. Stop making excuses for why you are doing wrong. Stop making excuses on why you can't start your business, why you can't finish doing going to school, why you can't build or make or, or have you a nice home. Stop making excuses. I need you to write these three words. I don't care, put it on your refrigerator, put it in your mirror, wherever that you go to the most. I want you to write choice chance and change and I want you on a separate sheet of paper to write those words down and write down beside those words the new choices that you're going to make the chances you're going to take and the changes you're going to make for your eyes only but those three words put them around in every area of your House, that's a reminder to you to make good choices. And even if you make a mistake, it's okay. Don't erase that. Make good choices, taking a chance, and making a change. This your girl. This your coach. This your advocate. Rhonda Taylor from Let Your Voice Be Heard Movement International where your voice is heard. Yes, and you are seen. Your voice is important. It is so important that at birth, the doctors tapped you to make sure they heard your voice. Peace, love, joy, and harmony is your portion. This your girl, Rhonda Taylor.